In Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal, and this is the Vine Pair Podcast. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by two preeminent members of the drinks industry. I have Kevin Denton Rex, who's the head of mixology and education for Pernod Ricard USA. Kevin, thanks so much for joining. Very happy to be here, Zach. Thank you. Of course. And Misty Kalkofen, who's the director of education for Another Round, Another Rally. Misty, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting conversation. We're going to talk about something that I love dearly, and we don't always get to on the podcast with as much frequency as I'd like, which is service and how it's done well. So let's start actually with the both of you, um, and maybe Misty, you can start out by answering this question. Kind of, Can you give our listeners a little bit of background on yourself, how you got into the bar industry, and what you're doing now? Yeah, of course. Um, I kind of grew up in a hospitality family. Uh, when I turned 16, my dad was like, it's time to get a job. And so I went to where the restaurant where my sisters were working and got a job as a bus person and never kind of really looked back, um, you know, all the way through college and graduate school, working in hospitality was the the best choice for me because it didn't interrupt my classwork, et cetera. And that's how I kind of got into bartending. I got this great job at a nightclub where I didn't have to be to work until eight o'clock and I'd be home by 3 a.m. and I could get all my studies done. And I just fell in love with it, to be honest. And I finished that master's program, but really never looked back because I realized I'd found a job that I really loved. And there are so many people in the world who never find that. Um, And it's been just a wild ride since then, you know, 20 plus years on the bar and then working for Delma Gay Mescal for about 10 years before turning my attention now to education um, with working with um, the hospitality focused nonprofit, Another Round, Another Rally. Excellent. And Kevin, same question for you. I mean, not too dissimilar from Misty. I, uh, I was working at a restaurant in Ithaca, New York while I was going to school and uh, I did that through undergrad and grad degree also. And it was something that truly changed my life in the best possible way. You know, I learned to appreciate the people that were making and serving food. I learned to appreciate the people that were washing the dishes, the people that were working the door, like all those things were instilled pretty early on in school. Uh, and then I worked for, um, uh, the municipal uh, regional planning organization in Philadelphia as a city planner for a couple of years. And that wasn't for me. Uh, so I started back in hospitality in New York city around 2004 uh, and concurrently was playing in a bunch of bands and touring and stuff like that. So like kind of that old thing where you play clubs and then, uh, and then work at bars is a really good life for a 20 something person in New York city. <laughs> And then just as the industry was changing around me, you know, I I feel like I was in New York at that magical moment where mixology kind of bloomed and happened. And I remember going to Milk and Honey early on and being like, holy cow, this is different. And um, I, you know, it got its hooks in me. I just wanted to learn more. I was very lucky to sort of be around a lot of those folks early on. I, I took the first Bar Smarts course. Um, and then just never looked back, kept going with it. And, uh, I made the jump over to working on the brand side about seven years ago. So it's a, it's a life, life pursuit at this point. Very cool. 
Okay, so we're going to start with maybe the hardest question I'm going to ever ask a guest because it's so broad, but I think you two are both very well equipped to answer this. So maybe, Kevin, starting with you, what in your eyes are some qualities or characteristics that make someone a good bartender? So I think that, and we talk about this in the program, there's lots of good bartenders out there, and then there's great bartenders, and then there's amazing bartenders. Ah, okay. And well, maybe you can delineate. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be happy to, because I think that the distinction is important, but like being a good bartender is showing up and doing your job capably, which I know is you know, sometimes we feel like that's difficult, but I, there's a lot of folks out there that do a good job. They show up, they're clean, they do the job dutifully, and and that's kind of what's expected. But great bartenders are there because they love it and they can anticipate the needs of their guests. And they're a, even if their day isn't going great, they're there to help you have a better time to either celebrate those important moments of your life or to help you forget about those kind of bummer moments for even for a little while. And then I think all of us on this call have probably been, you know, in the presence of amazing bartenders. And those folks have this preternatural sense for not only anticipating your needs, but for making every person that walks through the door feel special, feel seen, feel important, um, you know, the, the drinks taste better, the food tastes better, the, the music sounds better. All of these things sort of come to life when you're in their presence. And that special sauce for making an amazing bartender is probably beyond the scope of what we talk about at Bar Smarts, but it's a magical thing to behold. And I think certainly something to seek out. Misty, is there anything you'd add to that answer or, or elaborate on? Yeah, I think that I would add on the aspect of what makes a greater amazing bartender as part of a larger team, because an experience for a guest to be really out of this world takes an entire team to be involved. And so a really great or amazing bartender is very um, cognizant of how they're working with the other members of their team and recognizing how their actions or inaction are going to affect the other members of their team so that they're not, you know, you can be focused and be a really great bartender with one guest. But if you're doing it in such a way that it's making the other members of your team suffer, um, then there's a, a lot of guests who are probably not getting a good experience. And so a great or amazing bartender is really cognizant of their role in the overall operation of the entire establishment. And that's equally as important. And it's something that as guests, we don't always recognize. Um, and that's when you know you have a great or amazing bartender because they're doing it. They're they're moving well. They're in that flow, that dance behind the bar with their coworkers in a way that it really seems effortless. Yeah. I'm wondering too, this actually just prompted a, a follow-up in my mind. So is the definition of a great or even amazing bartender going to be also somewhat defined by the kind of bar they work in? I, I would wonder if like someone in a very, you know, in some of the kind of cocktail bars, Kevin, that you mentioned that first kind of drew you into the industry, what constitutes great or amazing bartending there might be different than in a neighborhood bar or even a dive bar where you kind of maybe just need to do the job differently. I feel like, like beauty, greatness can be found everywhere. Um, and some hmm. of my favorite bartenders, yeah, was pretty good, right? I just came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> you must have practiced that one. I just, the stuff just comes out. Um, <laughs> I think that m my favorite bartenders are are like neighborhood bartenders, you know, because they they 
are the ones that know how to facilitate those good times. And, and you do know, I think what Misty said is so spot on, you know, that there is no individual uh, great bartender. It's, you know, a team of people who allow each other to be great. Um, so I, I would never say you have to go to the best bar in the world in order to find the best bartenders. I think, you know, just walk down your street and that might be where that person is. And they most likely aren't going to reveal how great they are, you know, at first blush, um, which is kind of what's so great about amazing bartenders is they can be in the background. They can be out front, you know, they're, they're kind of all things. Very cool. So Misty, let's, let's shift gears just a little bit here and talk a little bit about some of the origins of Bar Smarts and, and kind of where this whole program came from, what it set out to do and, and what it has done to this point, maybe if I know that's a, oh. again, a, a big, big meaty <laughs> topic, but, <laughs> but we'll, 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 we'll try and uh, steer the ship a little bit if we have to. Okay, definitely. Um, well, Bar Smart started in the fall of 2008, so obviously a long history, and it was a partnership between Pernod Ricard and Beverage Alcohol Resource. And for those who don't know about Beverage Alcohol Resource, you know, it's uh, the partners of uh, Bar, as it's shortened as, um, are luminaries in our industry. I don't think there is a a great or amazing bartender out there that, that doesn't count one of the partners as a role model. And so the the partners of Bar are Dale DeGroff, Paul Packold, Steve Olson, David Wondrich, Doug Frost, Andy Seymour. And they've really touched so many lives, um, literally as far as mentors and role models. Um, but through Bar Smarts, they reached over 150,000 young bartenders or bartenders um, across the U.S. and beyond. Um, and so it had two components. There was an online component. And once you successfully completed the online, you were invited to um, participate in one of the live components that, that would happen several times a year in various cities around the country, um, where there would be an opportunity for um learning through seminars and tasting. And then in the afternoon, there would be a written examination and a practical examination where you would be making drinks for one of the bar partners or one of us who were working in the back of the house to make all of the nuts and bolts happen throughout the day. And it was pretty amazing because, you know, um, Kevin was talking about how fortunate he was to be like living in New York and being a part of the scene as like milk and honey was opening and everything. But in 2008, if you were living in New York, you had access to these amazing cocktail bars, but in smaller cities, that wasn't necessarily the case. You might find a few people who were interested in it and really trying to make a scene happen and take place, but it was very, it was a very young scene in most of the country. And so to really bring this education around and have these opportunities for young, excited bartenders to meet other people that were interested in elevating the craft was creating a really amazing atmosphere, but also giving them the opportunity to interact with people that, you know, they've been reading about and learning from in whether it was through books or on online space um, and have an opportunity to socialize with them as well was really inspiring and really started to create these small scenes 
throughout the country. Um, and it, for me personally, you know, to see the communities um, building um, and for me to be able to reconnect with the other people that were working back of house with me, it, like we were all growing together, those of us who were working and those who were attending as well. And it was a really, really special. It's been very, very special and touched a lot of people over the last, you know, um, 2008, do the math, 15 years. <laughs> Obviously, you mentioned there are, you know, 150,000 people participated. So many people listening to this are going to have come in contact with Bar Smarts in one form or another. But for, for those who haven't, I know you kind of talked about the the in-person component, but even just the online component, like what were some of the the sort of skills and, and information that was being kind of conveyed in that format for people that were, as you said, maybe not, uh, especially in the early days, just didn't have as much access to the kind of beverage information and content that's now more widely available? You know, I think one of the things that was really remarkable is that um, the information around how to taste a spirit, right? Mm. Because um, that's something that unless you have access to some of the like really amazing but expensive programs um, (laughs) that are out there that really require you to go and spend weeks with them, that wasn't something that was really being taught to the average person. Um, and so to really be working with some of the best tasters in the industry, we're talking, you know, Steve Olson, Paul Packle, Doug Frost, they are amazing. Um, and to have them really be training you on what to look for to have, it, whether or not you liked the flavor, to be able to discern whether what you were tasting was a good distillate or not, and what to look for in a good distillate in various categories. And I think that's a really basic component that is not necessarily taught all the time. Um, and so that was something that I think really set a, a really great base level of knowledge for the people that are now creating beautiful back bars across the country. Okay, so Kevin, now when do you get involved with Bar Smarts and what is it, what kind of is your, it, it does it look like at that point? I was brought on board for this program in 2017 and, you know, it was full steam ahead. We were about to celebrate the 50th live event um, and, you know, coming up on 10 years of the program. So it was. I think, you know, many of us have been in a situation before where you have total imposter syndrome and are like, wow, I am way out of my depth here. What am I going to do? But um, <laughs> the the group, and I do want to take this opportunity to call out a few people on the Perno side who really brought this to life, you know, Sean Kelly, who deserves so much credit for being the, the backbone for this program for so long. Um, Laura Piazza, Michael Parker, who's still with us, you know, he was the admin from the program from day one. Um, there was a village on either side, you know, on the brand side and the bar side and, you know, the larger community of, of folks that were helping out, uh, like Misty, et cetera. You know, there's all these people and this machine was already humming along really, really effectively. So I, focused on not getting in the way and (laughs) that's you know that's a hard thing for some people to get their head around but like I just wanted to learn I wanted to support um I wanted us to continue to reach as many folks as Misty said that don't have that immediate access to something like that so you know I was 
in the conversations that I'd had with the partners, it was like, let's figure out the little markets to go to that maybe don't make the most financial sense as far as you're going to get a ton of people and they're, they have lots of great, a great bar scene. You're there to build, you're there to like connect and, and spread, um, you know, this love that was distilled by all of these folks. So, so we went to a lot of different markets. And then uh, one of the first things that I wanted to do was make sure that we translated the program into Spanish. Um, Because that felt super important to me to make sure that we were reaching as many people as possible and leveling the leveling the playing field a little more. And then, of course, you know, I don't want to take this necessarily purely chronologically, but it, it would be sort of silly to have this conversation now as we're having it in September of 2022 without acknowledging that the world of bartending, the the drinks world has been, you know, pretty meaningfully <laughs> upended by uh, COVID-19 and a lot of what went on. And so, you know, we're here kind of going to talk in a moment about some of the the sort of newer and um, relaunched elements of Bar Smarts. But just in terms of what that early period of time was like, in terms of just maybe even wrapping both of your kind of heads around what Bar Smarts could be in this maybe not totally new landscape, but modified landscape, like maybe one or both of you could talk a little bit about some of the changes that have come out of this last, you know, two and a half year period or so and and ways in which the changes that have happened to the bar industry and bartending as a profession have kind of helped shape the the current version of Bar Smarts. I'll jump in here because we were set to do a uh, Bar Smart's advanced course in Providence in April, and then everything shut down, obviously, uh, around February, March. Um, and we all kind of were asking, what do we do, just like everybody else? Um, so we made the decision to make the online program free to out-of-work bartenders on March 17th, uh, 2020. And... I reached out to all of our global affiliates and said, listen, you know, for what it's worth, um, this program is going to be for free for, you know, the foreseeable future. We would love to get everybody uh, taking this course that wants it. And um, within seven days, we had added 40,000 people around the world. Hmm. So it just shows the immense appetite for for bartender education. It shows, you know, that this, this program is important that people know about it, which was really awe inspiring. Um, but since we had so many new people taking it and we had so many people sort of commenting to us, uh, about what they liked and they didn't, cause everybody, you know, everybody was sitting around. So they had plenty of time to sit on their computer and tell us what they thought, um, mm-hmm. which was the big catalyst for, okay, you know, we need to have some structural changes here to how we approach the online portion of this um, because what, what sort of passed in uh, 2008 um, wasn't, and, you know, we made an update in, I guess, 2014, but you know, the world had changed. The world had got a lot more savvy and particularly online education, not just for bartending, but for everything was so much more advanced and so much more, it was less about being able to stare at a screen for as long as you can and read as much as you can and more about the way people consume information today, which is scrolling and watching videos. And, you know, most bartenders didn't, you know, maybe 
maybe school wasn't their main gig, right? So you have to allow people to learn in different ways and at different speeds. So we took a lot of those comments to heart when we uh, started to re-engineer the program. And, you know, Misty, for you, for with your kind of, um, you know, long involvement with Bar Smarts, when it comes to sort of revamping or just kind of looking at a program like it and, and, and sort of assessing both the the legacy, but also recognizing that any program that is going to be remain vibrant and, and vital to the industry needs to adapt and evolve. Were there specific things that you said, hey, you know, we really need to to work on making sure that this component is, is, you know, really up to date and feels really relevant. Because I think one of the things that I would imagine is challenging is that the, the drinks landscape does change relatively rapidly, even setting aside things like global pandemics, like, you know, things do change. But of course, the the fundamentals don't. So how do you like what what have been some things that you feel like have been really important to kind of highlight in this, you know, revamping process? Well, I definitely think technique and tools are are things that change very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so they definitely needed an upgrade. Um, I think that even if, you know, every three to four years, there are going to be things that we need to reevaluate. Um, because think about just let's say ice, right? Like how we were using ice, the ice we had available in 2008. And now like going out in just about any bar that has a craft cocktail, no matter where you are in the country, you're going to find an amazing ice program with large cubes and things like that. So the way you work with those different types of ice is different. So we have to constantly be recognizing that people need to know those techniques and how to work with the tools that are most relevant at that particular time. Um, And so I I think that's a big thing. But I'd also like to go back to the previous question a little bit because I think with, um, you know, one of the things that's very obvious in how COVID-19 impacted our industry is that we lost a lot of people. You know, a lot of people left the industry because they didn't feel that they recognized there wasn't a safety net there for them necessarily. Um, And so we're seeing such a young group of people coming into the industry right now, um, which is super exciting, right? Anytime you have a new generation coming in, they're coming with a fresh perspective, you know, us old guard, maybe we're seeing the same thing and just thinking the same things over and over again to have this young, youthful energy is really exciting. But they're coming in and being thrown into positions and a lot of the managers, because they're so short-staffed, you know, are saying we just don't have the time to train. So really thinking about what are the tools that you would need, not just to move forward, like with the proper tools and techniques, but like coming onto a bar, having never worked in hospitality before, you know, or even as a bar back, what are the things that you need to know? I think that was even more important, you know, coming out of COVID-19 than than staying up to date, up to date, up to date, um, just because our industry has changed so much. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, hospitality is, I think, a thing that we've talked about a little bit on this podcast before, and certainly, you know, chatting about this episode as we've been planning it. I wonder, you know, hospitality is a it's it is one of those things that is i think sometimes hard to talk about because it's it's such a it's such a kind of thing that you feel as a as both a as a guest and and frankly as a person working in an establishment that 
you know, in the same way that, you know, Kevin, you said earlier that, you know, kind of beauty can be found anywhere and or perhaps great bartending can be found anywhere. I also think that great hospitality can take on so many different forms that understanding it or defining it in, in one any one way is tricky. So, you know, Misty, for for kind of conveying the both the importance of hospitality and maybe how to provide great service, what are some ways that, you know, Bar Smarts does that while, of course, acknowledging that any given bar or restaurant setting is going to kind of demand a certain kind of hospitality that another one might not? Well, one of the things that I really loved as far as being part of the new Bar Smarts was the opportunity to have Kevin interview me on video uh, because he had really thoughtful questions as as far as like how to get out from all of us who participated. Like, what is hospitality? Because there, like you said, there's no one thing. Like, what what is the definition of hospitality? It's it depends on who the guest is. It who depend it depends upon what night it is. You know, it like it changes for every single person. Um, but it's a recognition more than anything about how, how to read the cues of your guests, right? Because they set the tone for what their expectations are. And then you have to rise above them in order to be good or great. And so I think, you know, really having those, those conversations with lifers, right? Those of us who have been in the industry for a while to, to really talk about what our experiences have been, um, knowing that those experiences aren't going to be the same for every person, but you can learn from them and you can take the nuggets that are going to help you to be a really great bartender and recognize opportunities to go above beyond above and beyond with your guests. Yeah. That's really cool. And, you know, Kevin, it sounds like you, you guys kind of spearhead some of this. What were, what were some of the takeaways for you in, you know, talking to people like Misty about, about hospitality? I mean, where do I begin? Misty had the whole studio crying. It was amazing. <laughs> for me, it was super important when designing the program that we had someone that was able to speak to sort of every type of bar experience. Um, so, you know, folks that worked in casual dining, like chain restaurants, in neighborhood bars, in fancy pants cocktail bars, someone like Misty, who has sort of done the gamut of the experience. And in crafting the hospitality section, the, the course is divided into basics and professional and hospitality is a subset of the professional module. And rather than like, I knew there was no way to tell a young bartender or any bartender for that matter, what hospitality is, it was better to present folks that are like them uh, having a conversation or talking about their experience in terms of different subjects. So whether that's collaborating with their team or building a diverse team or building regulars, all of these subjects uh, that matter to us in, in this business and then having folks riff on it a little bit and then providing some uh, study questions at the end, which are like, you know, a lot of places will do a pre-shift. Bars and restaurants will get together and and have a meeting about the night and talk about what to expect. You know, I threw in some questions that you can watch this module. You can watch this, you know, shorter clip uh, of people talking about hospitality. And then you can answer some questions as a group. And I think that's a more conducive way to understand, you know, this emotional terroir that is hospitality rather than having someone dictate it to you. 
And I know, you know, one piece of Bar Smarts that I think is important to note, even if in some ways it's, I don't even want to say it's not the part that people are always excited about, because I think there is a part of this that is, that is kind of compelling. And, and I kind of agree with that. And that's the element of the bartender as this sort of, you know, this person who has a lot of responsibility in an establishment, right? You know, you not only are responsible for making drinks generally, uh, but, and serving guests, but also, you know, ensuring that they walk, that you and the guest walk a line between enjoyment and, you know, safety, for lack of a better word, you know, alcohol is an intoxicant. And it's important that, you know, as the people working at bars, uh, and serving alcohol have a, a real understanding of that role that they play in in that in sort of people's enjoyment and safety. And so, you know, how does that kind of play out in a in bar smarts without being you know, I think sometimes that can be the part of the conversation that seems unfun. It seems unfun, but like the dialectic of being, you know, the person who is helping to create the party and also the one that is sort of making sure the party is under control is it's like that Spider-Man line, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. I feel like there's a lot of folks that really take pride in that, you know, and respecting the shift uh, to quote one of, you know, our, uh, our luminaries in the industry, like you have this awesome job and a young bartender, maybe they think it's cool to like give their friends free drinks and, and misbehave and stuff like that. But like for, I think a lot of young folks are like, this is my career and I want to take it seriously. And I love that I can be the good time for so many people. I love that I can, my job is to spread joy, right? That's so cool. What other job is your primary focus to bring joy to others? You know, it's, it's one of a kind. Um, but the responsibility that comes along with that is like the, the point of differentiation again, between like a good bartender and an amazing bartender. But I'm sure Misty has something much cooler to say than that because (laughs) she's so good. I I mean, I agree with everything that you just said, but one of the things I really want to call out of what you said is that you said the word career, right? And one of the things that I love about the new Bar Smarts and just this commitment to education that we're seeing throughout the industry is it's really a recognition that this is a profession, it's a career. And it's, um, you know, any of the old guard like myself, I mean, how many times did somebody come in and say, but what else do you do? You know, like, because it was just, uh, bartending was just supposed to be this means to something else that was going to be your real job, you know, and it's really this recognition now that this is a career, it's a, it's a valued as a, an honorable profession as it Mm should have been the entire time. And I think with that, you know, you, you are willing to take on and recognize the responsibility that comes with that. But it also results in these really cool changes on like a personal and professional level, as far as like how you're willing to advocate for yourself and your role and how as an industry, we're willing to organize as a community for, you know, rights such as a living wage and healthcare. And that's something very different 
than when this all started in 2008. Mm -hmm. You know, there were some of us who really felt like career profession. We were feeling that in our blood, but it wasn't the way that it is now as far as even the guests recognizing it as a a career, you know, an admirable career and professional goal and and path. Um, And I think that's super important and it changes the amount of responsibility that you're willing to take on um, because of that. Very cool. Well, this has been really interesting. I want to leave people with just a little bit of, you know, sort of basics on how they get involved. So, Kevin, if people want to get involved with BarSmarts, what do they do? You just head to uh, BarSmarts.com. And if you're an individual, you can just sign up as an individual. Uh, We haven't changed the price since 2008. Try to make it super fair for everybody, uh, given the work that we put in. And then uh, if you have a venue or multiple venues, you can sign up under what's called staff certified. Um, Just fill out a short application. Um, And what's great about that is you can kind of track the progress of your team. There's a global job board, so you can post uh, open roles. Um, you can track your team's progress. You can reward them. There's a profile function. You can sort of build out your resume, uh, and then be able to share that with potential employers. Um, the program's going to be live in Spanish in October. Lots more to come. You know, my role continues to be stay out of the way and, uh, let this thing keep, keep chugging along. Our goal is to get it out to as many folks as possible and, and, you know, just continue to evolve the program to suit the the needs of the industry, because that's kind of our responsibility. Awesome. Well, Misty, Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Really cool to hear about, um, you know, the history of Bar Smarts, kind of where it is now, and, and a little bit about kind of where it will continue to go in the future. So thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast, the flagship podcast, of the Vine Pair Podcast Network. If you love listening to this show, or even if you don't, but I really hope that you do, as much as we really do love making it, then please drop us a review or a rating wherever it is that you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere. If you are listening to this on a device right now through an app, however you got this audio, please drop a review. It really helps everyone else discover the show. And now for some totally awesome credits. So... The Vine Pair Podcast is recorded in our New York City headquarters and in Seattle, Washington, in Zach Chabal's basement. It is recorded by Zach, mastered, and produced by Zach. He loves all the credit. Keep giving it to him. Drop his name in the reviews. He's going to love hearing how much you love him. It is also recorded in New York City by our tastings director, Keith Beavers, who is the managing director of the entire Vine Pair Podcast Network. I'd also love to give a shout out to our editor-in-chief, Joanna Sherino, who joins us on every single podcast as our third and most important host. Thank you as well to the entire VinePair staff and everyone who's been involved in making VinePair as special as it's become. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.